And so if you have your Bibles tonight, you're in Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at verse number 15 tonight. As I've already made mention to, uh, we're going to put our shoes on. And Paul is here reminding us uh, that uh, we are to... uh, that we are to uh, have the armor on. And, and this morning we looked at the belt of truth. Remember, the belt of truth holds everything together. Truth holds everything together. Okay? When you're fighting the battles, you have to be uh, pulled together by truth. If you do not have truth, you will not have victory. Okay? And so uh, now we come... And, and you'll notice as we're going through this, how uh, they all kind of uh, mesh together. We, we looked at the helmet where we got to protect our minds and we got to hold every thought captive because Satan wants to get into our minds. And uh, then we looked at the breastplate of righteousness where we have to guard our heart because uh, if we're not, uh, or if our hearts are not clean and they're not pure and we've uh, tucked a sin uh, way back into our heart, we're not going to be able to have victory in our life. And then we also looked at the shield of faith and the faith is our protector and and it's not about faith. There are some people who have faith in faith, but we have faith in the Lord Jesus, okay? So faith, faith is not going to get you anywhere. It's the object of your faith that gets you the victory. And our object of our faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's the one that's given us victory. He's the one that will make us more more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. And now we see we and looked at uh, truth, the belt of truth. And the belt of truth is that uh, we have stability and we have freedom to go about it. And then we'll also look at the sword. But tonight we're going to look at the shoes, the shoes of peace. Tonight we're going to look at peace. Everybody's talking about peace and, and everyone has a different definition of peace, do they not? If you go to a single mom who has four children and ask her, what's your definition of peace? She's probably going to give you a, def- a different definition than if you were to go to Syria tonight and you go to those that are still in Syria, especially believers, and say, what's your definition of peace? Their definition is going to be a little bit different than that mother who has the four children trying to raise those four children on her own. And so we're going to look tonight at peace. What is real peace? Everybody's talking about it. Uh, I've been uh, trying to keep up, and uh, I try to stay in tune with what's going on in Israel. And Israel is always talking about peace. And uh, they're trying to uh, make peace. And they're trying to appease the Palestinians. And, uh, you know, they've, they've given them, uh, if you go to Israel, you'll see how they've been trying to accommodate them. Uh, and, and why? Why? Because they want peace. Everybody wants peace. I don't know about you, but I like being able to go to a home that's peaceful. I like going to work where there's peace. We all strive and we all want peace. But there's only one type of peace that gives us satisfaction and that's the peace with God. Because when you have the peace with God, you can have the peace of God. Okay? So, you have your Bibles? We're looking at verse number 15. 
And he says, in your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now notice here uh, that he gives the description. He says, the gospel of peace. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel message of peace. And the Bible tells us that without knowing the Lord Jesus, we cannot have peace. Matter of fact, it says we're an enemy of God. That's what the Bible says. We're an enemy of God. And we're warring with God. But the Lord, because of His wonderful, marvelous grace that He uh, sent His only Son to die on the cross because of your sin and my sin. By the way, it was sin that kept you an enemy of the Lord Jesus. Because the Lord Jesus and, and, and God, uh, God the Father, uh, they are holy. Jesus is holy. And we need to understand He's a holy God. And holiness cannot cohabitate with sin. And so there's no way that, and so there's that conflict, there's that bridge that separates us. We have become enemies of God, but He has provided for us a bridge, if you will, to where we can have peace with Him. And when we have peace with Him, we have peace, the Bible says, that surpasses all understanding. Okay? And so, understand. What were these shoes that they're talking about here? The Roman soldiers would wear sandals. And they were not just any type of sandals. These sandals also had nails in the bottom. It's sort of like football cleats or soccer cleats today. And so they would have nails. They would call them, uh, the name for them was hobnails. And they would have nails coming out of their sandals. And the reason why is because it would give them stability as they're fighting the battle. They, they were, the man act in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks quite a bit about standing, standing, standing. Uh, how do we stand? We stand uh, when we're fighting, we can stand because we have peace. We have a peace that helps us to understand God can handle this, okay? So they would stand, and not only that, but it would give them traction when they would have to move quickly. Uh, they, they could move if they had to, uh, uh, if they're in hand-to-hand -hand combat, uh, they could move quickly with that. And so these sandals, uh, remember, uh, Paul is very familiar with the armor that a Roman soldier uh, would have on. And so he saw this these uh, sandals, he saw these shoes, and of course he's in the midst of a battle and he calls them uh, the, the shoes, but uh, we could call them peace shoes. Because it says here that these shoes were helping us to understand the gospel of peace. And so what does it mean? We've already given a definition here. But uh, when we think about shoes, and, and I'm not going to pick on the ladies tonight, uh, but my wife, I'll pick on one lady. My wife has a closet full of shoes. Half of them she doesn't wear. The other half she doesn't know she has. And, and uh, she's, she's always looking for a pair of shoes. I said, Donna, you have a closet full that's not the ones I want. 
They got a, you know, I'm looking for a particular color or a particular style. Well, I found out men are just about as bad about shoes as well. And now I'll go ahead and admit, I, you know, if you go to my closet, I got some, uh, I got some running shoes, and I got some uh, slip-ons, I got some loafers, I got some dress shoes. I, I you know, I, I got a few, a pair of shoes as well. Now, shoes kind of make that fashion statement, don't they? How many of you, when uh, you're sitting watching somebody, your people watching, don't tell me you don't do it, I know you do it. And you're, you're looking at what they have on, but, uh, but your eyes always goes down to their feet. What kind of shoes you got on? I heard women say, what kind of shoes you got on? My daughter, and I'm going to pick on her. My daughter has some shoes that for the life of me, I do not understand why she wears them. The only reason she wears them, it makes her six feet tall when she gets into these things. But they got those big heels and they got the glitter and all those type of things like that. Well, here there's uh, people have a lot of different views and, uh, and want to make statements about the type of shoes that they wear. Remember Forrest Gump? Remember that movie? Forrest Gump, you remember uh, that uh, he's sitting on the, uh, the park bench and there's a nurse. And uh, in the scene, you see them quite often. And one of the scenes, he's sitting there at the park bench and he looks over at her and, he's, and looks down at her shoes and he says, you know, mama used to say that you can tell a whole lot about a person by the shoes that they wear. You can tell if they, where they've been and you can tell where they're going. We can tell a whole lot about as believers, what kind of shoes we put on. And these shoes, we're not trying to make a fashion statement with them. These shoes are helping us to be able to fight the battles that we're having to face. And so with that in mind, we have a definition. Uh, we've already talked about uh, there's different uh, feelings towards or different definitions pertaining to peace. Now, why does Satan want to attack us? Because he wants to rob us of our peace. He wants to knock us off of our feet. Right? Satan, his job is to distract us. And notice here, he has all kinds of methods, all kinds of schemes. And if he knows that if he can distort the truth, then he's able to get some licks in on you. Or if he could get in your mind because you didn't put your helmet on, he knows that he can get you off guard. He knows that if you don't put your breastplate of righteousness on, that he can, if he can just get that thought that he's planted here, and get it down in your heart that he's won the battle. Uh, and then we also see uh, that if he can knock you off of your feet and if he can disrupt your peace, then he's able to be victorious in that battle. And so what do we need to do? Well, the first thing that we need to do is that we need to understand what is the real meaning of peace. The word uh, peace in uh, Greek and in Hebrew as well. The word means uh, wholeness or wholesome, and it also means an inner peace. 
See, that's what many people are missing tonight. They're missing an inner peace. They may be going through a storm, they're going through a battle, but they're not able to be victorious in it because they do not have that inner peace. We go back to this morning where we have to cultivate what we have in us. Remember, Ephesians is very clear. Paul reminds us all through that letter to the church at Ephesus, he's reminding us how wealthy we are in Christ Jesus. He's reminding us over and over again that we have everything that we need. So the problem is that we don't need to get more. The problem is we need to cultivate what we already have in Christ Jesus. Okay? Alright? So, and that, that's where, oh, that's, that's where we uh, miss the boat many times over. We, we're not able to cultivate. Why don't we cultivate? Because we're getting distracted. We get distracted by our our life. We get distracted by uh, uh, all kinds of things. And Satan throws these little darts to get us distorted, to knock us off of our feet, because he knows that if we start to activate what we already have, then we're able to be victorious. And he does not want you to be victorious. He wants to keep you down. He wants to immobilize you. And that's the reason why many uh, tonight are not able to win these battles because we have been distracted, we have distorted truth, we, we have no, don't have that uh, peace that surpasses all understanding, we have thoughts that we shouldn't have, we've hid things in our heart that we should have come clean with, and Satan has orchestrated all of this. Jesus wants us to be victorious. Now, before we go any further with that, this is not a Joel Osteen, you're okay, I'm okay, let's go ahead and keep on doing what we're doing type of a message. I'm I'm not a health and wealth where everything's going to be hunky-dory and you don't need to have improvement and God loves you uh, just the way you are. And He does. When you come to Him uh, and you come to Him as a sinner, He will receive you, but He doesn't want you. And when He saves you, He will take you as you are, but He doesn't want you to stay as you are. He wants something better for you. Okay? And so uh, we we are talking about peace. Now, uh, what is a picture of peace? There was a contest, the story goes. And the contest was between two painters. They were well known in their field. And, and they were told, paint what you perceive peace to be. So the first painter, he goes and, and he's painting this portrait. And in his portrait, uh, the sun is shining, the, the sky is blue, uh, there's uh, trees and there's a, 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 a real pretty lake and it's as calm as if you could walk across it. Uh, there's birds and, uh, and, and it's, uh, everything's bright and everything's wonderful in this painting. The second painter, his portrait was the sky was dark There was lightning coming out of the dark skies. The lake, uh, waves were tossing and uh, it was kind of violent and it was white capping. The trees were bending over because of the storm. But on the very bottom, the right hand bottom of the picture that he was painting, there was a little bird sitting on a rock. And the little bird had its mouth open and had his head turned towards heaven as if he was singing a song. 
The second portrait won the contest. Is that not a picture of what peace is? When the storm clouds are raging and the waves are tossing and when it seems like you're going to go under, you can have a peace like that little bird where you can stand and you can look up to heaven and still praise the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's peace. So how do we get there? Well, first of all, uh, in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 7, it says uh, that a peace that surpasses all our understanding that will keep your hearts and your mind. Now notice, notice, I'm, I'm not under conviction. I'm saying that for a particular group over there that made fun of me last week because I was talking to them about getting under conviction. And they said, I threw my coat off. Were you under conviction? Maybe y'all need to be under conviction. No. So, so what, what, heart and mind, notice how it's connected. It says that the peace that surpasses all understanding, which is only, only Lord Jesus can give you that peace. He said it will keep your mind and it will keep your heart. See the connection? That's the reason why we have a helmet. That's the reason why we have the breastplate. And so he will keep our minds. But in Colossians chapter 3, verse number 15, the Bible tells us uh, that, uh, that, peace, that, that peace that will uh, rule your heart. Let peace rule your heart. Now, well, here's where we're going with this. That word rule is a very interesting word. The word uh, is the word that we get in the English word umpire or referee. We all know what their function is. If you're at a baseball game and the umpire calls a ball, it's a ball. Now you might say, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It, 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 there's no way that could have been a ball. Hey, you don't have the call. He does because he has his authority, right? If he calls it a strike... And you say, well, that was too low? No way, that could be a strike. You can argue all you want to, but you don't have any say in that. Why? Because the umpire has the authority to call the balls and strikes. And when he calls the balls and strikes, it stays. Now watch this. Peace is our umpire. Peace is the one that filters what comes from here and as it flows from the heart. Remember, the, the heart and the mind is connected here. And so when that thought, that distorted thought that comes into our mind and now we've allowed it into our heart, peace will tell us if it's right or wrong. And when peace says it's right, it's right. When peace says it's wrong, it's wrong. Are you catching this tonight? And so he says, let the peace... Let peace rule your hearts. But we also see, not only does it rule our heart, but we have to practice it, right? We can go ahead and give all kinds of definitions of what peace is. We can go ahead and say, here's the results of peace. But it will not do us any good unless we're practicing. That's the reason why uh, that we have to continually nurture. Remember, we talked about cultivating this morning. We have to continue practicing. We have to continue cultivating. 
I don't care what, uh, uh, and I forgot the basketball player, but his uh, statement that a lot of people still uh, say something about is that practice, practice, why me practice? Well, we practice, we have to practice it because so, when we get in the game, we'll know exactly what to do. Here's the problem, that many of us as believers, remember he's talking to believers here, right? He's not talking to lost people, he's talking about believers. He says, here's the reason why you're being defeated, because you haven't practiced, but you think you can show up for the game. And when you just show up for the game and not practice and not cultivate what you have in you, you will not come out victorious. You'll be defeated every time. And so Satan knows that, so he's going to do everything he can to disrupt you from practicing your peace. Here's, you have a decision to make. And so you sit down. Maybe it's a, a job. And we know that Miss Christina, uh, the O'Briens, you know, they're, they're moving to Florida. And uh, she's uh, got a job down there. And um, so I had that on my mind. So, so you got a decision uh, that you need uh, to make uh, a job change. So what do you do? Well, first of all, you look at your financial package, right? I hope you do. I mean... Hey, it don't matter what it pays. I'm going to go ahead and take it anyway. And then you get there and you realize you're making half of what you was making. Bad move. But, but so you, okay, here's the financial package, all right? Got that. And so you do some more investigation. You try to get the facts, right? You try to get all the information you need to make a very wise decision. And so you sit down at the table and say, hey, you know what, honey? I, I, I think I can take this job. Uh, I've already, uh, uh, they, they figured it out. We're going to be making this much more money and, and, and I've already checked into the school systems. They have some of the best schools around and, and you go on and on and on and on. But then as you start praying, then you start praying. Did you catch that? You start praying, Lord, you got to show me. I need some guidance. I need some wisdom. I got it written down on paper here, uh, and everything's stacking up that like this is going to be a good move. And so you start praying for it, and as you're praying, you don't feel right about it. Anybody been there? Well, honey, honey, look, I don't think we need to make the move, but you don't understand. We're going to be making this much more money. But, but, but you, I just don't feel right about it. Keep praying. And, and so as we continue to pray, we don't have a peace. So what do we do? If we don't have a peace about it, we don't move. Okay? Now here's what happens. Satan wants to mess you up. Remember, that's, that, that's what he tries to do. He wants to mess you up. He wants to destroy your life. And so then the thoughts come in. Your wife don't know everything. You need to make this move. I mean, you'll be a fool not to take this. And so now the truth is starting to be distorted, right? And, and so now you, you say, well, I just, I just feel like this. Do you really? No, well, I'm a little uneasy about it. Well, that ought to tell you something right there. 
And so here the Lord Jesus is trying to teach you and the peace that you're unpowered, right? Right? Remember? It rules over your heart. Peace, let, let peace rule your heart. And so something inside you say, no, 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 not a good move, not a good move. And so you're tossed and turned. Here's what you do. You go ahead and wait on God. Don't move until you have peace. But here's our problem. We don't have patience and we're going to go ahead and base our decision on how we feel and what it looks like on paper. Do you, are you catching this? Do you see now why we get in some battles that we created ourselves by not listening to the peace that's within us? But by paying attention to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is saying, you don't need to do that. Remember the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit is to give you guidance and to give you wisdom. And so here the Holy Spirit is trying to give you guidance and give you wisdom, but you have to let Satan come in and planted some thoughts in your mind and planted some thoughts in your heart and you took your uh, belt of truth off and now you're taking your shoes off and so now you're an open target and Satan comes and brings the knockout punch to you. And so the Bible is quite clear that we must cultivate peace, but we need to be listening to what God is trying to tell us. When you're praying three answers, he'll either say yes, he'll say no, but many times over he says wait. And that's the one that usually trips us up. That's the one that says, well, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Let's go ahead. And, and, and even though we've talked about tithing before, we're going to talk about tithing. You said, you know, I know it's the right thing to do. Remember, truth. Truth? It's truth. I know I should be tithing, but I went down and I looked at all of our bills. I wrote them all down. I added it up. I added it twice to make sure I was calculating correctly. And if we go ahead and tithe like we're supposed to, we're doing the right thing, but it won't add up. We're not going to be able to meet the obligations of our other bills. You need to stand upon the Word of God and you need to stand upon truth and the peace that's in you says, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Do it. But it doesn't make any sense. Do it. But it doesn't add up. Do it. And you will find out that He's faithful. He's faithful to do what He said He'd do. He says, I will supply all of your needs. Doesn't know what the Bible says? That's truth. And so do you see now where we can get knocked off of our feet when we don't go and listen to the peace that's within us? And when the storm... And here's, what, when, here's when we really start making uh, decisions that really can mess us up. We usually make these decisions in the heat of the battle or in the middle of the storm. Here's what you need to do. Here's what I need to do. We need to go ahead before the storm comes and make a commitment and decide I'm going to do what the Lord Jesus Christ has told me. And so now when I get in the heat of the battle, I don't have any questions. I don't have to think about it. I've already predetermined, remember? I've predetermined that the Word of God is the Word of God. And so when I get in the midst of the storm, if my mind has already been made up, I'm going to trust Jesus. Don't wait till you're in the middle because you'll make hasty decisions. And that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. And so he wants, 
Here, here's, here's some of the problem. When we're, things seem like going real well, you ever notice when things are going well, just to be, let's just be honest, okay? We're just family here. Let's be honest. When things are going well, we probably are not praying nowhere enough of what I should, we should be praying. I mean, you know, things are going, man. I'm getting good reports from my doctor. Our bank accounts are doing good. I, I, I mean, things couldn't be any better. And if you if you're want to be real honest, that's when you start backing up a little bit and cultivating what's in you. And then when the storms come, whoop, let's go ahead and find that to, uh, uh, in case of emergency, break glass and reach out to God. And then we wonder why we get in the masses that we get in and we wonder why we're seeing defeat when we should have had victory. It's because you waited too long to do what you knew you should have done and already made a decision before the storms began. So, now, so how else do we cultivate? Well, I want you to look at John 14, 27. John 14, 27, very quickly. And listen, this is Jesus talking. Jesus says, my peace... I'll give you my peace. Now, understand in chapter 14, we see uh, that uh, Jesus is on his way to the cross, right? And, and so he knows that he's facing his death. And so now he's with uh, his disciples. And the, the first part of chapter 14, it talks about, not, do not let your hearts be troubled. Remember in verse number 1? Now here in this verse, it says, and my peace that I give you, and when I give you my peace, you don't need to be troubled. Your hearts don't not need to be troubled, and do not be afraid. Now, Jesus, I find it interesting. He's on his way to his death. I don't know about you, but if I knew that I was heading towards my death, I'd be a little more concerned about me and not so concerned about others around me. I mean, this is a big deal. This, this is something uh, that is really uh, uh, putting stress on me. But Jesus says, I'm going to give you peace, my peace. See, that's the reason why the Lord Jesus knew that he was walking to the cross. This is the reason why he was willing to do it. And this is the reason why we see that it was not a big thing to him because he had peace. Because he understood that God the Father would not tell him to do something uh, that he did not want his will to be done, right? Right? It was God's will for his son to die. Jesus understood that in the garden when he prayed, if there's any other way, he says, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm telling you, when you operate in an exercise that I want to do his will, he will give you that peace. It's no matter what's going on. And you don't need to be troubled tonight if you're going through a storm that his peace uh, is sufficient. You don't need to be troubled. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid how this thing's going to wind up. It could very well be that you're in a financial storm and you're thinking, I don't know if things don't change, I could lose everything. 
But you just need to understand and you need to cultivate that peace that's in you. And the peace that's in you tells you by the truth of the Word of God says, He says, I will take care of you. Now you may lose everything, but if you lose everything, one thing that you will not lose, that's your peace. And that's the reason why you can get through this. That's the reason why we can be victorious. If I lose everything, all my material possessions down here, one thing that I still have is I still have Jesus and I still have eternal life and I can still have a peace that surpasses all understanding. But you got to cultivate it. you got to cultivate it. you got to activate it. And so it goes, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It is a, it's a, a story that many of you are familiar with. Uh, but uh, before we get to that, I want to, uh, in Isaiah chapter 26, verse number 3. Isaiah 26, 3. Listen to what it says. This is how we cultivate the peace that's within us. He said, be st- steadfast in your mind. Are you noticing as we're going through the putting on this armor that the mind comes up quite a bit? The mind and the heart. Do you, do you see the connection here? Okay, and so he says, be steadfast in your mind and you will keep perfect peace. Where does it start? Filters down here and then it outflows. Peace starts here. Gets to the heart. And then it's activated when we're going through the battles. It's an action. It's action. Okay, so with perfect peace, Isaiah uh, tells us about a perfect peace. Now, what he goes on and says in that verse, and he says, and your mind, here's what you need, and we talked about this this morning as well, and your mind will have the mind of Christ. So you're exchanging your thoughts, your feelings for the mind of Christ. We looked at it this morning, but notice here how peace and truth are connected, how peace and truth are connected, and how truth and peace are connected to the heart, and how the peace, truth, and the heart is connected to the mind. See how all this is working together? And this is the reason why the Bible tells us in Ephesians why we have to put on the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. And so, what is the mind of Christ? We've talked about it this morning. It's based on truth and on standard, okay? And so, when we're operating in that vein, God gives us the power. And when we're activating the peace, oh, and He gives us that power because, oh, the power oh, to be able to do what we need to do. And the reason why we can be guided and make uh, good uh, decisions is because the peace that's working in. In Daniel chapter 3, you all are familiar with the story. It was about the three Hebrew boys. They got thrown in the furnace. But before that, they were seeking God. Right? They said they're not going to bow down to no other God. They said, well, if you don't, you're going to get thrown in the furnace. We don't care. See, they already predetermined before it came their way. We're not bound down. I'm trusting in God. He's, he's going to be my protector. He's going to be my provider. They already decided before they got thrown in the They didn't decide when they got thrown in the furnace. They decided before the furnace even came their way. And so then they get thrown in and they say this. 
They say God's going to take care of us. I'm paraphrasing here. God's going to take care of us. But even if we get burned, we are still trusting God. And of course, we know the story. The fourth man showed up. The Lord Jesus Christ. Now, watch this. He didn't take the furnace away, did he? He allowed them to go in the furnace, but he brought them from the furnace. That's a good word for us tonight. And the only way those boys could operate it like that is because they had a peace that surpasses all understanding. What about you tonight? Do you have that peace? Some of you are going through maybe a furnace experience. Some of you are going through some battles. And I'm here to encourage you by the Word of God that you keep your shoes on because they're shoes of peace. And the peace that's already in you, you cultivate that. And it will not only be hinged on truth, but it will be in your heart and it will be in your mind. The time for us to do this is not while we're in, but before we get there.